Hey, McAllister's Deli in Carbondale is the official healthy choice option of Saluki Athletics. McAllister's Deli can handle your last-minute meetings, your get-togethers, your celebrations, and they'll bring their best to every event. Delivery and setup, big appetites, small details, McAllister's has you covered for all of that. Go to McAllister'sDeli.com backslash catering, and let's stay connected. I'm your host, Connor Onion, here on the Saluki Standards Podcast, and this week we bring you a special edition of this show. It's uh, it's a playoff edition. First time we've been able to say that SIU football is going to the playoffs since 2009. So it's been a long time coming, and we're going to preview the matchup with Weber State coming up on Saturday at 3 o'clock out in Ogden, Utah. It'll be a 2 p.m. pregame show on Saluki Radio. You can catch that with Mike Reese and Gene Green. And here in the middle of the week, we'll get you set. Three guests coming your way on the podcast this week, starting with the cornerback, James Caesar. Then we'll talk to Jacob Garrett, who had the big touchdown catch in uh, the second half last week to break a tie score against Southeastern Louisiana. And then wide receiver Landon Lenore. He went for 128 yards receiving and a touchdown on Saturday. And he puts this whole thing into context for us since he's been around since 2016. So he's got a, a pretty good scope on where the program's been and where it's going. Let's start with James Caesar. He started his career at SIU, transferred to Division II Ferris State, returned this winter, and is having a great spring, leading the country in pass breakups. That's where our show begins with James Caesar, the Saluki cornerback. Definitely excited about this week, uh, getting to the playoffs. First time in over a decade that we've been in the playoffs, so just feel like it's good for the for the school, good for the fans, and good for everybody in the Southern Illinois area. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, where were you at on Sunday when you got the news? Uh, I was actually in the training room uh, getting some treatment uh, after the game. It was a little sore. So I was in uh, the training room, and we was watching the selection show, and I seen our names get up on the bracket, and I was just – I just got to scream. I was just so happy, just happy for my teammates, the coaching staff, and just – all the fans that waited so long for, for this to happen, it just it just finally came true, and we just ready to get the work in, get out there Saturday and, and, and put on the show. So you were one of the guys in the training room that Coach Hill was talking about that he yeah, heard. Me and, Bryce, me and Bryce was both in the training room. Uh, we seen it. We just got the yelling, just hugging each other, just so happy uh, with, with me and him just coming in in the same class and just being here, uh, even though I left uh, – Never really wanted to leave and stuff like that, but certain things happened to where I had to leave and, and just coming back. And I just – that was one of the biggest reasons I came back, just knowing what this team can do and, and what I could add to, to the program and the team and just help us put our best foot forward and, and, and make the playoffs and, and continue to just do what we got to do to win a national championship. Yeah, just the the skinny for fans that, that aren't – as familiar with your story, 2016 to 2018, you're at SIU, transfer out in 2019, and then you come back uh, this this winter and, and join the team for the spring. So so you were here in 2018 when things were, were pretty hard. You were injured. Really, the whole defense seemed to be injured, and you guys go through a 2-9 and nine season. How far away did this moment of getting to the playoffs feel back then? Man, like back in 2018, we we probably would have never thought that we'll we'll be where we are today. Uh, just going through everything that we went through with with multiple injuries on defense, just not not winning games like we like we wanted to, and really it just came full circle. And everybody just put their head down and, and put the work in and stuff like that. And it's just 
all our dreams just coming to fruition. And I, I just, I just thank God for just everything that, that he put me and my teammates through. And I, I believe that it's definitely made for, for a great story. And I feel like this program is on the rise. Uh, we're going to continue to, to, to be a great and a good team and just continue to just win games and, and do what we got to do to uh, put the best foot forward. If I would have told you in November of 2018, that, that this would happen, that you'd, one, you'd be playing in the spring of 2021. That probably would have been weird. But if I would have right. told you back then, you'd uh, you'd be here as part of a playoff team. What would you have told me back then? Man, honestly, I don't know. Like, I always, always have faith in, in me and my teammates and just and just believe that ultimately we were eventually going to turn the program around and, and, and get it to where it needed to be and how it used to be when, when Coach Hill and Coach Rogers was here playing and stuff like that. So I probably would have believed you, but – I never would have thought that it would be like this soon and this fast. Like I'm just, I'm just really just happy for, for everybody in the program. I'm just glad that everything worked out for the best, even through all the COVID and cancellations and different things like that. Everything's just, just worked out in our favor. And we just happy to be here and continue to play. And not only just getting the playoffs that we're ready to make the run for the national championship and, and do what we got to do to, show up Saturdays and, and, and be one and know every week. Did you feel like you were in when you woke up on Sunday morning? Yeah. I, 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 I always had faith that we were going to get in. Uh, I kept saying it like throughout the whole, throughout the whole season, even with the cancellations and the loss of Missouri state, it really hit us hard. Uh, you know, we, we, we didn't know what was going to happen, but I always had faith. And I, I, I was telling everybody around the program that we, we was going to get in the playoffs. Just, just make sure when that time comes, just be ready. And, uh, when Coach Hill scheduled the Southeast Louisiana game, I knew it was going to be a big game and had big implications for us to go to the playoffs. And we just wanted to go out there and, and, and prove to everybody that we're a playoff team. And I feel like we did that. So I woke up Sunday feeling great about it and it came true. So it was just happy. And here we are ready for, ready for Weber state on Saturday. Um, I, I want to, I want to kind of fill in some of the, the gaps in your story too. You know, you, you said it was okay if we discussed, you know, that some of the things that have, have happened since 2018, take me back to the summer of, of 2018. You know, you, you, you lose your dad suddenly. How, how did that change you as a person in that moment? Uh, losing my dad, it really, it really took a toll on me. Uh, just being so far away from home, uh, away from my mom, away from my family. Uh, even though I, I, uh, I look at my my teammates and the coaching staff as my family. I just felt like I was I was kind of in a bad spot just being so far away from home and uh I was doing things that I normally didn't do just just trying to cope with my situation and stuff like that and it ultimately led me to having to leave the program and uh I ended up transferring back close to home just to be closer to home just to really get my mental state right. I really was in a bad space mentally uh with with the passing of my dad and being out for the season, being injured, couldn't couldn't play the game that I love. So I was kind of in a in a rough spot, and it's just I feel like everything's happened for a reason. Uh, I don't want to say I'm 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 glad that the situation happened, but ultimately it, it worked out for the best, and and everything came back full circle with me just coming back and and having a big impact on this defense and on this team, and just helping us get to the playoffs. It, it's been a it's been a great journey. It's been a great ride, and. I'm just ready to keep adding to the story, honestly. Uh, we're not done. I'm not done. So I just just want to just keep adding to the story and, and keep making it even better. 
when, when you transfer out, you, you said you had to, you know, kind of, kind of sort through some things mentally and personally, where's, where's your mind at when, when you ultimately make that move and, and do transfer out? Uh, so when I, when I transferred, uh, like I said, I was going through, through a rough patch. Uh, I just felt like just being closer to home, uh, it kind of helped me get myself back mentally, just being closer with my family, close to my mom. Uh, I have a real, real great, real close relationship with my mom. So being only a couple hours away from home, she was able to come to all the games, whether they were home or away. Uh, and it's just, just me being close to home. I just, I just felt more secure and really kind of had to, had to grow up in that situation. Uh, never really just been that far away from home, uh, coming down to SIU. So, so getting back to, to Michigan, being only a couple hours away from home, I just felt like it helped me, helped me grow and helped me mature into the man I am today. And I can say right now I'm in a, in a great headspace, uh, just with everything, uh, good mental state. I just feel like, I'm just the, the best that I can be right now and just trying to continue and just add to it. You didn't have to come back to SIU, but why did you come back after you transferred out? I really came back really, really for my brothers, uh, the class 2016. Uh, I love those guys to death. And I, I, I told them, like, when I was first making my decision to transfer, uh, I just told them, like, like which I think if I come back there. And they like, man, we with it. You already know we love you and stuff like that. So I just felt like it was – it was big for me to to come back and uh, not reestablish their relationship because they they never fell off or anything like that. But I just felt like I needed to be back in this place to to where everything started at and just basically just rewrite the story of of everything that happened and just they season in twenty nineteen. Like I was just really inspired by them and, and, and seeing them not getting the playoffs and things like that. I just took that in consideration and just said I wanted I wanted to be a, a big contributor into us getting the playoffs and, and changing the program around and stuff like that. So that was probably the biggest impact on me coming back. What did the staff tell you about getting a second chance? What was what was required of you to to get that second opportunity? They said they would love for me to come back and, and be a part of the program again. So once I heard that, it was really a no brainer. I just told them just straight up, like I'm, I'm coming. I don't, I don't really need to talk to no other schools. I don't need to to go through the recruiting process all over again. I, I said I, I was coming. And I, well, you've you've done that, and and now you're leading the country in pass breakups from a, a pure playing standpoint. When Saluki fans watch you now versus 2018, what do you think the biggest difference is in you as a player? Uh, I would say just my technique. Uh, I feel like back when back in my younger days, I wasn't as technically sound and things like that. And uh, I feel like that's that's a, a great attest to to Coach Rogers and, and his coaching abilities. Uh, I feel like being back here uh, has definitely helped my game improve tremendously, and uh, he's given me multiple different techniques and, and, and different things like that to just help build my game. All right. You watch Weber state on film. What do you see when you watch them? Uh, I see, I see a physical football team that, that wants to establish the run, uh, have great backs, uh, a pair of great receivers. Uh, I just feel like they're, they're going to try to establish the run and uh, play action pass and try to hit you over the top and, and, and fall you asleep as DB. So I just feel like we just have, we just got to have a great week of preparation, uh, dial into the details, focus on the game plan that we have and, and, and go out there and execute it to the best of our ability. Uh, I feel like Coach Petrino, he's a great coach, great D coordinator. Uh, he's put together a great plan for us. And I just feel like as, as players, we just have to go out there and just make the plays. He always say players make plays. So in the playoffs, uh, nothing's going to be different. Uh, it's just up to the players to, to, to go out there and just make plays. Well, hey, it's great to see you back and uh, great to see the team back in the playoffs. Thanks for the time, James. Definitely. I appreciate you. 
SIU cornerback James Caesar, and uh, let's set the scene for our next guest, Jacob Garrett, the Saluki fullback slash tight end. SIU in southeastern Louisiana on Saturday. SIU's got to win the game to get into the playoffs. 41-41 late in the third quarter. SIU's facing a third and two. They get into their wildcat package. Looks like they're surely going to run the ball. Then Javon Williams pops a pass out to Jacob Garrett, the tight end. He scores. By the way, he's got two broken hands. But SIU with Garrett, they go into the end zone, they take the lead, and SIU never saw the score tied again on their way to the 55-48 win. So that's a little background on the front end of this conversation with Jacob Garrett. Here is Jacob. Can we call you a skill guy now? Are you are you a full-out skill guy after three times? No, I, I, I enjoy messing around with that. I'll, I'll joke with Avante and those guys about that. But, you know, I, I like the Swiss Army knife kind of tag because, I, I mean, I feel like I do it all. YHF, whatever you want to call it, I feel like I can do it. Your favorite part has to be catching touchdowns, though, right? Oh, well, yeah, that, that goes without saying. Can't really – can't deny that <laughs> we uh we, we talked about it on the broadcast how, how you've been playing hurt and i mean you've got a bunch of tape on both hands and your thumb uh, how the heck do you catch that ball with with all the the dings and, and dunks you've yeah. with your hands this year it's it's been uh challenging i know there there's some balls that are hard to catch you know like coming back towards the quarterbacks are difficult but you know th- those those lofted balls that javon will put on me is those aren't too difficult you know I, I don't really drop too many at practice even. So I've, I've just kind of adjusted as the season's gone on. Cause I mean, it's, I've had them for so long now that both hands been kind of dinged up. It, I've been kind of adjusted to it. So it hasn't been a huge issue. I'm sure progressively uh, you've gotten dinged up, but, but how did it happen? I, actually it's, it's kind of a progressive process. So the left, the left hand happened it first game of the season at North Dakota. I was trying to chase down that pick six. And I, when I dove to try to tackle him, I jammed my whole hand in the ground and kind of jacked it up. And then my right hand, right thumb happened in the U and I game. Couldn't really tell you when, but it happened at some point then. So it's just kind of been downhill for my hands and I hadn't really had a lot of time to get healed. So, so, I mean, do, do you approach coach Hill and be like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm hurt, but I mean, I'm, I'm still good to catch balls here. Yeah, no, I definitely, I'll tell them, I, I have to tell the quarterbacks too, you know, so they still have confidence to give me a couple shots, you know, here and there, but, uh, I, I just put the tape on. I got some plastic cast things I put on my hands and I'm ready to go. I, I just, so I told coach, I, it happened in the first half of the North Dakota game. I told coach poor, I was like, just let me, uh, let me get this finger back in place and put the plastic back on. I'll be good to go. You, you put it back in place yourself. Oh no, I did not. Did not do that. Dr. Humphrey helped me out there, but it's like, I was good to go. I, I thought for a second it was crack it back in and let's go. Yeah, I, I do. If I did it myself, I probably would have broke it more or something. I didn't, I don't, I'm not the medical expertise there. <laughs> uh, well, well, take us inside that play. That, that play has been, been money three times. Anytime you guys run it, it seems to lead to a touchdown from Javon Williams to you. What made it work? I think we we have such an image. I think we're we're so successful running the ball, physical play. You know, when we put all three three of us in there, me, Cole, and Levi, and we've got our our O line in there with Javon at quarterback, it's kind of hard to think we're not going to run the ball. You know, so I think that that image there leads to some open opportunities, and Javon just executes every time, and it's just been it's been a good play. <laughs> yeah, people seem to just forget about you. On, on that yeah. back of the tight end. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, I think uh, I think the whole game prior to that, I mean, I was leading up in the middle, up on backers or up on the D linemen, 
just clear holes for Javon. So, I mean, they see me doing that the whole game. They probably kind of forget that I, I have weapons beyond that as well. When, when that play gets called in the huddle, how hard is it for you not to show your excitement? Cause you don't get a whole lot of those opportunities. Yeah. That, it's definitely exciting. I know they, they call them from the sideline and I, I, I call the plays in the huddle when Javon's at quarterback. So I, I was, I was calling the play and I'm like, Oh crap, here it comes. So, you know, kind of collect myself, like, all right, we got to focus on the ball here. Cause you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have the, the mitts I usually do. And I catch the ball. So. Right. I mean, do you have to, do you have to practice your poker face of going up to the line of scrimmage and not, not giving it away with, with some sort yeah. of question. I definitely feel like I've, I'm good at that. I try to, I'll try to play with the defense, you know, cause the linebackers usually key on me or where I'm looking, you know, I'm a, I'm a big red light on where, where the ball might be going. So I'll be looking around kind of trying to play with my eyes, but I definitely have to put my poker face on to hide the excitement. That's for sure. Cause I know what's coming. It, you, you said you call the plays. What do you guys call that play specifically? That play? Yeah. Uh, that that's just the the good old Javon JG connection right there. It's the pop pass to the fullback, hundred percent guaranteed. That that's what it's called. It's just the the Javon. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal the the strict details to you, Connor. I can't I can't give the whole playbook. Oh, I I didn't know if you know the defense can't hear the huddle. I I didn't know if maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole the, a lot of a lot of jar football jargon. The whole play, it, it's essentially that's just the pop pass. We're we're faking a run play and then I'm leaking out the side and hit it for a touchdown every time. It's almost like just guaranteed. No, I I respect you not giving away the lingo. Keep it yeah, uh, yeah. keep it fresh so you guys can use it on on Saturday again. Exactly. Got got might fake another play twist it up a little bit. Yeah. Your, your reaction when you got to the end zone was pretty good too. I think, I think hands are flying. You got Landon skipping in the background. Your <laughs> yeah. To hug you. Uh, uh, what, uh, what are you feeling in that moment when your guys are coming down to celebrate with you? Just excitement. I mean, I, I knew how big of a moment that was, how big of a touchdown that was a crucial point in the game, you know, and then seeing all the guys run down excited for me is also awesome too. Like guys like Landon, you know, he's such a, such a great teammate and guy that has a decorated career himself. You know, I, I forget what is what the stat was the other day, but the catch mark or whatever, is just insane guys like him and Avante and I'm good friends with Avante and just all them excited for me getting the ball, getting a touchdown. It's just so cool. J- Javon has, has shared this with me, the, the touchdown that you guys connected on at young or uh, against Youngstown last year. He said, that's, that's the favorite touchdown of his decorated freshman season uh, what what's what's he shared with you about uh his enjoyment of of those connections with you yeah I mean, we always talk about how he he just tells me he's he, i know what to do you know i'm gonna follow you i'm gonna give you the ball here like you know what it is like it's about to be a touchdown you know me and javon it's a great relationship i love that guy i know he trusts me i trust him i'd do anything for that guy yeah i mean it's it's not like this is totally foreign to you. I was reading up on, on how you were a, a terrific running back at uh, Silver Creek high school in Indiana. D- does this take you back a little bit getting to touch the ball again? Definitely does. You know, I, I definitely miss that, you know, coming in, it's a whole different role universe blocking all the time, getting some balls here and there. And I, in high school, I'd get the ball 20, 30 times a game. So it's definitely something different, something to adjust to, but it, it definitely takes me back crossing the, crossing the goal line with the ball in your hand. It's, something a feeling that not everyone gets to feel so you know it's definitely something i miss and 
definitely takes me back for sure. When, when I looked at the actual stats, it was almost like you were, you were the Javon Williams of your high school. Cause you were running for touchdowns. You're, you had a couple receiving touchdowns in there and a couple passing touchdowns in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would say that I, that's probably accurate. You know, I, I definitely didn't do any wildcat stuff, but I, I was my freshman year. I was going to be the backup quarterback and I played, I actually played tied in my freshman year, kind of very similar to what I'm doing now. And then well, we got a new head coach and things kind of changed. But um, I definitely uh, was very confident in high school with my abilities and running the ball. And I, I, de- I did have a couple of throwing, throwing touchdowns. It was a couple of halfback passes, but <clears throat> I'd let it rip a couple of times, you know. Hey, get those hands healed. Let's see you back. Yeah, that would be a big wrinkle right there. I'd never see that coming. That's right. That's right. Talking with Jacob Garrett, Saluki tight end slash fullback ahead of Weber State this Saturday. The Salukis are, are on to Ogden, Utah to play in the playoffs at 3 o'clock. Sunday, this past Sunday, you guys get the the nod that you're going to the playoffs. Where were you? How'd you react? I was at the Sunny Street Cafe with my grandparents, and it was it was just a great feeling. We were watching it at the table, and it, it happened really quick, too. I, they didn't do it really like I, like they did in 2019. 2019 was really suspenseful. You know, we were sitting around on the edge, and they were like they kind of did it slow, and I felt like this time they just like right out the gate, we, we announced it. I was like, oh, crap. That's awesome. So it was really it was really surprising, and I was hitting up all my, all my friends, all my roommates, everybody. I was like, holy crap. We're in. So it was definitely nuts. I called my dad. My dad was pretty emotional. He was excited. He's he's a big Saluki guy, you know. He loves keeping up with it. He's a coach himself. He he coached me throughout my whole life and he still coaches at the my high school at Silver Creek. So big football guy there, big football family. So he's super excited. It was a great, great moment there with my grandparents. How do you prioritize some of that excitement you were feeling on Sunday while also changing gears to get into game prep again? Yeah, it's definitely a fine line trying to enjoy it, you know, and then also kind of locking in and be like, all right, let's get to work. So that, that was definitely, we took that, that, that afternoon to really kind of soak it in. But like we, our work, we accomplished what we wanted to, and maybe not the way we saw it happening, but we, we got here where we wanted to be. And now it's time to lock in and get going where you guys were a couple of years ago, pretty far off in the playoffs to close to the playoffs to not having a season, not in the playoffs. What changed in these past couple of years to get you guys to where you are as a program? I, I think we're like back then, I think we were just a team, you know, a bunch of guys, I guess I kind of got thrown together, you know, from different parts of the country. But I think now we're really a family. I think that's a huge, huge difference. I think there was a lot of individuals on that 2018 team guys that wanted their own accolades and things of that nature. And I think now it's, it's kind of, it's a team first mentality. Everybody, I'm going to do my job so you can do your job and we can go win the game. And that's kind of how we, I think have succeeded this season. Personally, I think that's probably the biggest, biggest difference in between. And I, I mean, also we have, you know, some key guys have come into the program, you know, guys like Avante, stuff like that and Caesar getting to come back. So I think that's also a huge boost, but I think that's the huge main difference is the family atmosphere that we have. Was there a moment where you're kind of able to stop and look around and be like, okay, this, this is different. There, there is more of a, a family feel here now. You know, uh, I mean, I think there's several moments you could key on. I, I feel like really uh, the SEMO game is huge. I think that was kind of a big turning point, you know, cause they were, they were ranked at that time as well. And then I mean, they were, they were a good team, but I also think uh, the North Dakota state game, the rice sticks out the most, just like we all stuck together and we played, played out of our minds that game. You know, it's just a great game all around all three phases. So I think that's something and going in the locker room, kind of looking around at each other, like we're like, we're actually, we're like that, you know, like we're, we're in the, we're the, we could be in the top five in the country. You know, we have that ability. We have the team, the guys to do it. 
the coach's philosophy and the coach's mindset to do it. So all the pieces are there and I think we're ready to execute. What do you see from uh, Weber state's defense when you watch them on film? Uh, you know, they're, they're a tough, tough defense. They're definitely a physical group, physical group. Uh, I know we've kind of looked up their roster and the stuff throughout the, in the room in meetings and they have a lot of older guys, you know, a lot of, a lot of fifth year seniors and then guys that have gone on tr their Mormon missions and have come back to school. So they're, they might be sophomore on the depth chart, but they're actually 25, 26. So they're, they're the group of grown men. You know, that's something that uh, we might not have seen thus far, you know, with some of the teams we played. So that they're definitely a physical bunch, talented D linemen. I know they play several, like almost, I think 10 D linemen. So they, they've got a good front seven, front eight, and uh, it, it'll be a good game. Who's a team you, you can most compare them to with who you guys have seen so far this year? Well, I think their their interior, their box players are definitely North Coast State. They got some bigger guys in there that are pretty strong. They they play similar to North Coast State, you know, a lot of a lot of physical play on the D line. And their backers, their backers fly around and get after it. So I, I think personally, uh, the, the toughest backers we've played, I think, have been at Youngstown State. Those guys were good. They were fast, they could move around and they, they weren't afraid to, to lay the wood. So I, I think they're gonna be like <clears throat> be like them. It'll be a challenging game, that's for sure. But, you know, we're always ready for the challenge. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, maybe number number four coming. Touchdown number four coming. That would be fun. Never know. I'd be love it. I'd love it. Well, hey, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it, Connor. That's the Lukey tight end and fullback, Jacob Garrett. Hey, uh, Bud Light created a seltzer so satisfying that it will have your taste buds going wild. Bud Light Seltzer is the official seltzer of Saluki Athletics. So you just heard about Jacob Garrett's big touchdown, one of the underrated parts of that touchdown and the celebration that we touched on with Jacob Garrett was Landon Lenore skipping in the background looking like he was having uh, the time of his life. Landon went into uh, the top 10 in school history in yards on Saturday, 128 yards and a touchdown. He's also top five in school history in catches. So the, uh, the guy they call legendary Lando continues to uh, move his way toward legendary status in SIU history as a wideout. Here's Landon Lenore. I, I think the, the moment that really stood out to me was uh, you skipping in the background of Jacob Garrett's <laughs> touchdown. What what was going on in the background there? Uh, I don't know. Just We just kept battling, man. It was like a, a shootout game. So it was like every time we was on offense, we kept scoring. So it was starting to get real fun. And it was an exciting game to play. And I think that was one of the most um, exciting games I've played in my career here. You know, just being in a shootout like that in the offensive game. So... I was having fun and seeing JG score that, that just topped it off right there. Cause he has like two broken hands. And yeah. Fans, fans that haven't seen that. I'm sure most of the Saluki fans have seen the touchdown. They gotta, they gotta look back and see you in the background, having the time of your life. That was amazing. Yeah. They have to see that one posted <laughs> on my Instagram. So, okay. All right. We'll give Landon a follow on Instagram too. Uh, yeah. You said it 55 points on Saturday. Uh, you said it's the most fun you've probably had playing offense here. Uh, most offense or most fun you've had playing offense since when? Probably in my whole lifetime, honestly, because that was just a, a great shootout game. So, And it was exciting to see, you know, their offense as well, their offense. And they had a great QB and just watching them work. It was – I just knew we had to show up, and everybody on our offense did just that. So that was the most exciting one, yeah. You guys never get ahead by more than 14 points, and it seems like they've always got an answer. It's a four-hour game. A lot's on the line. What was the level of exhaustion after that? Well, I didn't really feel it until the next day. 
because I was just so, like you said, my adrenaline was running and um, I was, we was just happy, excited. And it, you never got too comfortable in that game because it was so close. So it was like such a bang, bang. You just, we're on the field. Okay. We're on the sideline. They score with backup. So uh, yeah, I didn't feel it until the next day. And I was like, man, that's pretty a long game. I did know, I did see in the first half when, you know, we had a lot of offensive reps and I was like, man, it's, it was a long first half. We still got a whole nother half to go. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty long one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, the touchdown you scored before halftime, that, that ends up being a, a big play. Of course, the game was tied after that and you guys have to keep going at it, but, um, take me through that play and, and what you saw on your touchdown before halftime on Saturday. Yeah. So, um, I was backside one-on-one and, uh, the play that was called, it was really designed to go to the trip side that we had in the bunch uh, but you can go either way if it's if I have one-on-one and Stone sees it. So uh, before the play, Stone kind of gave me that look, and, and I kind of knew he was going to throw it. So I was expecting the ball, just had to give him a good route. And uh, as soon as I turned around, the ball was just right there. So Stone, shout out to Stone. He made it easy for me to just, you know, put it in my hands. How much did you know about the reputation of the corner you were going against, the, the guy that had been an All-American? Uh, I didn't know. I just knew his name was Lando. So <laughs> it was named like Ferlando, and my name is Lando. So. That was the only stat I knew about him. But uh, I did hear that he was All-American and, you know, done some great things. So You, you mentioned Stone, uh, you know, that the timing on that play. You guys have had three different guys leading the huddle this year at quarterback. What's been the biggest challenge for you as a wide receiver and having you know, a couple different voices in there this year? I would say adapting. Uh, just adapting to, you know, each of those players' play style. You know, it's, it's all different. And um, – that's really a testament to our offense and, you know, Vontae and uh, Justin, Javon, Romere, is that, you know, we can really make it work with each of three of those guys. You know, they're all great in their own way. And, um, yeah, it's just a great testament to us, you know, to how hard we've been working and how diligent we can be uh, with just having three other quarterbacks. So that's it's great. But the three quarterbacks, they're, they're all of them are great. So. Yeah, I mean, each have had their moments individually and each have had their moments with you. Uh, what about with, uh, with how things are rolling right now? What makes the experience of catching balls with Stone Labanowitz unique? Um, I'd like to see, like, with Stone, it's exciting to watch him grow. Um, I feel like when he first came in 2019, his, he was a, a bit hesitant. And now he's, he's getting into his, his groove and – his confidence and that's so exciting to see because I want everybody to reach their full confidence, their full potential. So, uh, as well as myself. So, uh, and I know on offense, you can't, it's a, it's, it's an 11 person, you know, offense, everybody has to do their job in order for a play to work. So, um, it's not like defense where you can go out there and make your own play. So he kind of needs me and I need him for sure. And like, I need the running back to block. We need the O line to block in order for that play to, even happen so just seeing seeing him and his confidence grow as a person as a human being because he already has that confidence off the field but just to see him have it on the field and carry that it's exciting to, to be around I think about a couple of years ago Sam Straub gets hurt Matt DeSomer gets in there you've got you've got kind of a, a revolving deal at quarterback then how, how have you taken some of that experience and applied it to this year where you've had multiple guys back there yeah it's been like that my whole college career even I seen it when I uh, was a freshman and Josh Strong came in and then Sam Schraub took Strong's position. So it's been kind of an every year thing where, where this kind of happens. But um, I just try not to complain about it. I try to just find ways to be great around it 
because that's not it's not pretty normal for things like that to happen. But since I am in this position, I just try to find the get the best out of it. So talking with uh, Landon Lenore, wide receiver for SIU, they head to Ogden, Utah on Saturday to play in the first round of the playoffs against Weber State. Sunday, when you get the news, who'd you who'd you share the excitement with? Um, I was in my room and we had a we had I had cut the TV on and I just watched it and I cut it on it right at the perfect time. And then we were like the second team to just show up. Uh, so I did it by myself. But when I found out, you know, my phone started blowing up. Uh, all my guys, we are in a group chat together. So they're shouting. I start seeing Snapchats and Instagram. And so it's kind of I just shared it with my teammates, man. They were so happy. It was so great. We were happy that Sunday. But now when we came to practice on Tuesday, it's kind of locked back in and, you know, not just happy to be there, but we're, we're trying to get a win and go far. The, the big watch party in 2019, why why solo this time? Yeah, because the, <laughs> the watch party in 2019 kind of broke my heart. So I had to not think about it too much because, you know, we were kind of the oddball in this selection show. So uh, I kind of just wanted to calm my nerves and not try to expect too much. And I'm happy that it went that way. We're in there now, so. What was the moment where you started to feel this thing change and, like, you guys were headed toward – being a playoff team? Um, well, I definitely feel like we should have been there last year or well, in 2019 when we went 7-5. I, I kind of thought that, you know, this team was on the horizon and, and doing good things. But I feel like my time here, we always had talented players. Just had to come more as a team. And each year we get stronger and stronger as a team and our leadership grows. You know, the people around us, like, as well as myself, I've been here for five years, but everyone else, like Quay Brown, Bryce, uh, Z. C's even coming back and JT, those type of guys that's been here. It's kind of make us hard, I mean, comfortable for us to just go out and play. So I think the leadership is there. And definitely last year, I thought that, you know, we were on that on that stride, but it's only up from here now. So I, I expect the great things for the little guys as well to carry on that legacy. I think it's some of the guys that, that came before you, uh, Jeremy Chin, DJ Davis, guys that were leaders on the team that probably should have been in in 2019 and were so close. Mm -hmm. What have you heard from some of the guys in the past that, that were close and, uh, and shared in this moment with you guys now? Oh, yeah, they're happy for us. They're so excited. They kind of feel like they're in the playoffs with us right now. So, uh, yeah, we talk to them every day. I talk to Chin and DJ. We're in the group chat together. So they feel the same emotions we feel. Uh, they give us our best wishes before we go out in the game and they just treat us like they, they're kind of in the huddle with us kind of. So it's still great to have those, have those guys as friends and, and carry that friendship for a long time. Last playoff game you played in, do you remember it? Uh, it was state. It was state championship of my senior year. We lost though, but yeah, it was, it was, a. Uh, it's why it's so crazy. It's like my senior year in college, make it to the playoffs. My senior year in high school, I made it to the playoffs and uh, they counted us out of high school too. And we went to, um, the state championship. So uh, hopefully we can do the same here, but I'm just letting life take its course right now. We just had Jacob Garrett on and, and he compared Weber State's defense a, a bit to North Dakota State. What do you feel like you can draw on from the NDSU experience to, to help you on Saturday? They, yeah, they, they have a great front line, great defensive line, um, great secondary. So it's definitely going to be a tough one, um, but I believe in our guys as well. So um, just got to take that same approach that we did in North Dakota State. And I know the stakes is high. Just how the stakes was high with the number one team, they're the number three team. So it's no different now. They're actually ranked higher than North Dakota State. So uh, we should be ready to go and just all hats on and ready to just, you know, have our have our greatest game. Hey, can't wait, man. Good luck out there on Saturday. Appreciate you. That's Landon Lenore. 
Big shout out to Landon Lenore, Jacob Garrett, and James Caesar, our guests on this playoff preview. Hopefully we're bringing you another one next week. That would mean that SIU has won and moved on and we'll face the winner of Holy Cross and South Dakota State. But first things up, 2 p.m. on Saturday, Saluki Radio has her pregame coverage. Mike Reese, Gene Green with kickoff at 3 o'clock out in Ogden, Utah against Weber State. Again, a big thanks to our sponsors, McAllister's Deli and Bud Light. I'm your host, Connor Onion. Hope to talk to you next week. This has been another Saluki Standards podcast.